The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Are you looking for a new and empowering lens through which to view your life and your health? Then register now for Get Healthy with Sound, a weekend workshop with Eileen McCusick, an innovator in the fields of therapeutic sound, electric health, and the human biofield. May 24th to 26th at Omega Institute in Rhinebeck, New York. Learn easy and accessible techniques to reduce stress, improve focus, and increase energy. Learn more today at eomega.org slash thrive. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Discover hope and healing from the other side. Welcome to Messages of Hope with Suzanne Giesman. Listen, they're all around you, close as a thought or a memory. Messages of Well, hello, my friends. Thank you for joining me today for another episode of Messages of Hope, where we celebrate the fact that life and love are eternal. They never end, that death is just a transition to another reality, that reality from which we come as the beautiful souls who we are, temporarily having a human experience here and now. And this is being driven home to me in in ways that uh, we wish didn't have to happen, but uh, as many of you may have heard, my beloved mother passed to the spirit world just yesterday. So I'm just uh, one day into getting used to that new reality for me here in the physical world. But uh, the response from so many of you with the outpouring of love for our family is just beyond heartwarming. As many of you know, the transition of a loved one can be the best and worst of times at the same time. My family and I spent the past two weeks with my mother in hospice, and uh, it was just such a loving environment. My brother Brent, my sister Janice, and I had total solidarity in, in decision-making, in agreement about everything for my mother's best possible care. And just, again, the love from everyone is, and friends who sat with my mom, just overwhelming. One woman uh, sent me an email, and she summarized the experience so well. We all know and believe that life continues, and we're joyful for that, but our human self still feels the change so deeply, and that's what we're going through now. So some of you may wonder, how am I doing? I got to admit, I'm pretty drained, but I was shown this morning by my guides that the, the tiredness we feel when we go through grief, part of that comes from the total mix of emotions that the pain and the love and the chemicals that they bring forth and a total hodgepodge of thoughts and memories, all of this stirred up and going constantly through the mind to the point where the mind and the body are on overload. So that just makes total sense. But other than the tiredness, I have to tell you, I am simply peaceful, totally at peace, overflowing with love. Yesterday when we got the word... I was just, I spent the day in a cocoon of peace. 
And this morning I woke up a bit unsettled until I had an experience in my morning meditation that showed me exactly what my mother's passing was like, the state she's in now as she's kind of recovering and getting her, her new feet on the ground, so to speak. And many of you who listened to my episode where I talked about my friend Brenda who passed to the other side, who has been communicating with me so clearly, she's been pretty quiet for the past two weeks, but she showed up this morning so clearly with a message for me about my mom and that she will be helping my mom to learn to communicate with me. It was very real. I, I have to tell you, I just sobbed from the love that I felt there. It wasn't grief, it was love, and the fog lifted. And since then, I just know, as I've always known, everything's going to be okay because I know the greater reality is real, and we're going to be talking about that today with some very special guests. So it's my mission to share with you the truths of the Spirit, what I know that when we pass from our physical bodies, Death is not the end. It's the end of the physical body, but we still have an etheric body. And my guests today, three of them, I'll bring them in a bit separately, have all seen that spirit body objectively. What I mean by that is with the physical eyes as if they're right there with you. And they are. They are as real as anyone who's in the room with you. Now, personally, I even though I am a medium, have been a medium for about 10 years now and have connected with thousands of souls who have crossed to the other side, I have not yet had this experience of what is called objective clairvoyance. Many people mistakenly think that that's how all mediums see those in the spirit world, but objective clairvoyance is actually quite rare. For most mediums, just as it is for me, we see the images that those in spirit put into our conscious awareness, but these fall upon what we call the screen of our mind, and it's known as subjective clairvoyance or subjective vision of those in spirits. But my first guest who I'm going to bring in, his experience of objective clairvoyance was a one-time event. He's not a medium to the best of my awareness, but it led him to have immense healing for my other two guests who will come in later in the show, seeing spirits objectively is a regular occurrence. And I have to tell you, I'm pretty envious of that. <laughs> but seeing spirits leads to great healing, which makes it all very real. May we all find healing today from the stories of my guests' experience. So let me bring in my first guest, Keith Boyer. Keith, are you here? I am here, Suzanne. Oh, man. I'm, I'll tell you what. We, everybody goes through challenges, but just Keith just very recently had some major surgery. He's on the mend. He says, I love it. You will enjoy his humor. He told me he's moving slower than a turtle on crutches, but here he is on the radio with us. Keith is a semi-retired stage actor, and he a self-proclaimed grateful rat race refugee, a native <laughs> Kansan. He fell in love with the Blue Ridge Mountains of Virginia and is now living the quiet life in those mountains, enjoying nature and hiking. Keith has had an interest in the concepts of death and dying since his father transitioned nearly 50 years ago. And it's Keith's experience in seeing his father objectively after his father passed, which is why I wanted to have Keith come on the show today. Keith, where do you want to begin? It's your story. You know, Suzanne, it just dawned on me the other day that I should probably preface all of this with 
um, the remarks that my oldest brother made when I finally told him about it um, maybe a month or so ago. Uh, he stopped me in the middle of the story, and um, he said, um, this doesn't sound like a very good story, because <laughs> uh, the unpleasant reality is that it doesn't start out very nicely. It, it gets much better at the end, but it's, 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 um, it's raw in some areas. Yeah, but this is reality, and all of us, right. all of us have stories, so go for it. Well, I was um, I was in Rock Island, Illinois, which is uh, one of the Quad Cities on the Mississippi River, and I was working as an actor in a in a show, and um, at that time I had my daytimes free and my uh, shows were in the evenings. So one beautiful day in September, uh, 2001, I packed up my chair and a bag and a book that I was reading, and I went out to a state park just outside of town um, right on the Mississippi River. And I just sat out in the sun and bagged some rays, you know, and um, was reading this book, and it came to a chapter that talked about their fathers and sons. And um, something in that chapter triggered... um, like a volcanic explosion. I'm sorry, I had to back up a little bit. My dad was an alcoholic, and he was, he could be mean when he was drunk. Okay. And um, so it was, um, it was the typical Jekyll Hyde alcoholic experience, because when he was sober, he was a very gregarious guy, talented, um, people liked him and uh, musically talented, and, and uh, he was just a great guy. But when he, when he drank, it was exactly the opposite. And as a young kid growing up in that environment, and it did get physical sometimes. Mm-hmm. Uh, so as a young kid, a young sensitive kid growing up in that environment, it, it, um, it really confused me. That's the only way I know how to say it. I had this man who was my idol, and I was his little buddy. I was the fourth of four children, and he'd take me around on his work jobs. He was self-employed as a painter and a a wallpaper hanger, and he'd, he'd, um, you know, he'd just babysit me. And um, so, and we went everywhere together, and I just adored the man, but he's... uh, on the other hand, he scared the you-know-what out of me just when he was, when he was drunk. Sure. And so I um, – so yeah. Well, let's – so he passed quite a while ago, though, correct? Yes, 19, 1969. So there you so, are reading this story about fathers and their son decades later. Is that right? 32, 32 years later. And you describe a volcanic-type eruption. Did you know that anger was inside of you? All I knew was that for 32 years, I could not entertain a thought of my dad because Mm. it brought up so much fear and grief and anger and bitterness because of the way he had treated us so often. And so whenever a thought of my dad would come up for all those years, 
I I had to do many things. I had to either stuff it and and immediately change the subject, but the other way I handled it was by drinking myself. And um, it I I became an alcoholic myself. I'm now in recovery, and and uh, anyway, I can talk about that later. But yeah, I mean, for 32 years, it was it was a nightmare for me. I mean, emotional nightmare. Whenever a thought of my dad popped up, but. Uh, so fast forward back to the, the park, I'm reading this chapter and something triggered me and I, I literally jumped out of my chair and I sprinted into a patch of woods that was nearby and I began to vent. And when I say vent, it's like calling the Grand Canyon a hole in the ground, okay? I mean, <laughs> I was screaming, shouting at the top of my lungs. Uh, at the sky. I just picked a uh, uh, spot in the sky and I started to just purge all of this 32 years worth of anger and bitterness and grief and fear. And I was shouting at God. I was shouting at my dad alternately during this time. And I I don't know how long it lasted, but it it was a very substantial venting session. And, um, halfway Somewhere in the middle of it, I I just happened to look over to my left there in the woods, and the last person I ever expected to see was sitting there, my dad, on a fallen log, (laughs) but he was facing the ground. I mean, he he had his head bowed. He was facing my direction, but his head was bowed. And it's like I instantly knew why he was there, but I was not done purging. I had plenty left to go. And so I just sort of registered it in my mind, and then I went back to my other spot in the sky and just ranted and raved for a while longer. And then when I looked back, I was all finally spent. I looked back over to that spot on my left, and Dad was still sitting there, except this time he was looking directly at me, he had his hand held up in kind of a like a photographic wave, you know, and uh, a serene smile on his face. And again, I instantly knew why he was there, what the whole purpose of it was. Um, it took me, I, I can't tell you how long it took me to process it, but something like that, you know, I, I, I took a little while to process, but I instantly knew what was happening. It was just, it was hard for me to accept it right away. Well, why don't you put it into words, just so we don't make any assumption. When you say from the very moment you saw him, you knew why he was there. And then when he transformed from from head hanging down to hand reaching out to you, you knew why he was there. Why was he there, Keith? He was there to make his amends to me. Mm -hmm. And And how solid did he appear to you? He appeared absolutely solid. I mean, I it was that. I, I can't imagine what it must be like to see someone like that. Did, did you feel like you were dreaming? I just, I just, it was just such a shock at that moment that it, like I said, I registered it and then I went back to my venting. But I, I knew, I mean, a part of me knew instantly what was happening but it just took a while for the 
my my the rest of me to catch up with it, I guess. But I, I'm I'm talking a day or so. It was it was even more obvious because of the reaction that I had to it, and that was the fact that I no longer had any of those nightmarish reactions to a thought of my dad. All of that bitterness and anger that I carried toward him and grief and all of it, fear, all of that that I carried for so long was just gone. I, wow. I, it, was, it was amazing. I, the only thing I have in my heart from, from that day to this about, uh, regarding my dad is that I love him and I miss him and I can't wait to see him again and I know he's going to be there when it's my turn to transition. And it's, it, I mean, I, I don't even know if I can express how huge this was for me. Because oh, I think I, it's I mean, pretty clear you're doing a great job. Do you, do you think he came only for his own self, his own amends? I don't know. I mean, I, that's, that's all that has occurred to me. No, it's not, Keith, because I'm trying to bait you here. You said to me... He saw what your fear and anger were doing to you. Oh, yes. Yes, of course. Of course. I was, I was um, barely sober. I had been an alcoholic for well over 20 years by then. And um, I was just new in sobriety. But it's very tenuous, you know, when you're early in sobriety. Um, and... I uh, and I know what bitterness can do to people. It it makes you sick and it ruins relationships. And I just think it would have been uh, a, a much more miserable life <laughs> if I had not had that experience. My dad, my dad saved my bacon that day, and hmm. ev- and I'm telling you, everything has changed since then. Everything, such as what. Positive way. Are you looking for a new and empowering lens through which to view your life and your health? Then register now for Get Healthy with Sound, a weekend workshop with Eileen McCusick, an innovator in the fields of therapeutic sound, electric health, and the human biofield. May 24th to 26th at Omega Institute in Rhinebeck, New York. Learn easy and accessible techniques to reduce stress, improve focus, and increase energy. Learn more today at eomega.org slash thrive. Wow. Have you seen him since? Nope, I have not. Um, the only thing I could relate to that is one day I was in my backyard and I was, I was, um, I was in anguish over, I'm not exactly sure why, it may have been one of my friends that had recently passed. <clears throat> and I just reached out to my dad. I I just said, "Dad, help me." And what I saw was a huge—it's hard to describe—but I'm calling it an invisible outline of his face. It just appeared uh-huh. right, right in front of me. But there have been, especially in the last few years since my um, awakening has has um, become evident. Um, my heart connection with him is is very frequent, and I I talk to him all the time, all the time, yeah. <laughs> and it's just 
it's just a, it's just the most beautiful thing that's ever happened to me. I love this. I love it because you know those of us listening say, "Well, why can't we have that experience?" You know, I'm praying now that my mother will appear to me. But you know, here I am, a medium yeah. for ten years, and I haven't had that kind of solid, objective, clairvoyant vision yet. Look, we have to come to trust that spirit knows exactly what each of us needs for our own growth for you keith what a gift what grace that you had that vision and the healing that took place from it unspeakable gift it's just indescribable wow well i'm so grateful that that happened for you and i know that you're now helping others by just sharing what you know and and continuing your own spiritual journey is there anything you'd like to share with our listeners before uh, we thank you. I am just blown away by the um, by the love and support that I've received from um, the people in your Facebook group. I've just recently joined it, and the outpouring is just amazing. Just amazing. I'm so grateful. I, I'm again, that's inexpressible too. <laughs> <laughs> well, Keith, you're you like. So many of us on the path just have come to find the love that's already within you. And I know that feeling, you just can't help but express it. And we can all feel it from you. Your brother may have thought this was an awful story, but I, I know that those listening with me would agree. It's a beautiful story. And I'm so grateful you had that experience and grateful to you for coming on the air to share it with us. Well, it's, it's been my pleasure. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm a lot happier guy than I was <laughs> before 2001. Well, so there's nothing wrong with that that venting that you did. You know, some sometimes we bottle things up and we don't say it, but boy, that sounds like it was the right. best thing you ever could have done to just get it all out there and rage at yeah. at at the person who you blamed for those things who now turns out to be what sounds like one of your greatest allies. Well, I think he is. And um, you know, over the years since then, since that event, I have I've had so many insights into um, life from his perspective, especially since we're both alcoholic. And, uh, but I, you know, I've been blessed with nearly 20 years of sobriety now. And um, I just, I mean, it, it makes me wonder sometimes how I could ever have blamed him for, for that because he, I know now that he was just living his sole purpose. And he was, he was doing the best he could to raise a family, you know, as an alcoholic, which is an extra burden. So, there's just absolutely nothing in my heart but love for, for my dad now. And it's, it's a what miracle. A gift, what a gift for you and what a gift for him as well, Keith. What a gift for all of us to hear it because these kinds of stories show us what's possible for us when we open our hearts and when we, we allow ourselves to feel our feelings. I want to thank you yeah. so much, Keith, and share with those of you listening that one of the most frequent occurrences when I do readings with people is loved ones coming through with apologies, just like Keith's dad got to do with him face-to-face through that actual solid vision of him. They come through because when we get to the other side, we literally see the light. We understand how our actions harm people, and we want nothing more than to make amends as we awaken to the reason that we're all here, which is to love each other unconditionally. So I love that your father had that chance to make amends with you without 
having to find a medium to do it. And the thing is that, that it came about because you shared openly with him your feelings even after he passed. So a lot of lessons in your story. And again, I thank you for coming on to share it with us. Well, thank you for having me, Suzanne. It's been a pleasure. You're welcome. I look forward to future interactions with you, Keith. You're, you're a delight. Likewise. Thank you, Suzanne. You're welcome. I'm Victoria Moran. Since we launched the Main Street Vegan podcast back in 2012, lots more people have discovered the way that moving in a vegan direction can infuse our lives with vitality, spirituality, and compassion. My guests are experts on every aspect of making this work in your real life and our real world. Join us for Main Street Vegan here on mindbodyspirit.fm.